Welcome to another episode of the A-Game Podcast. New month, same me, August 1st. Lot to get to in the sports world. MLB trade deadline, NBA free agency. We've got it all. But I want to start with thanking all of you once again. All my supporters on Instagram, everyone who supported me on Facebook. It truly means a lot. I also want to thank my best friend Alex Kiever for giving me some sound bites I'm going to hopefully use later on uh, if everything goes to plan and I just want to thank everyone who's been commenting stuff for me to talk about Um, yeah my family everybody but I want to start with the MLB trade deadline a lot went on this week a lot of intriguing stuff but the NL West just got even better If you're thinking, oh my, this is the best division I've ever seen. Well, it just got better. Max Scherzer and Trey Turner headed to the Dodgers with a package deal. Cabert Ruiz, Josiah Gray heading back to Washington. But Scherzer, who in my opinion is a top three pitcher in the MLB, and Trey Turner, a top five shortstop in the MLB, head to a super team in LA. The issue I have, I know they're going to be phenomenal. They're going to be a super team still. They're just they're dominant but chemistry issues come through my mind is this team gonna gel correctly how is Corey Seager gonna take it that this could be his last year on the Dodgers will he still perform like Corey Seager can all intriguing topics I think Max Scherzer is gonna come in and he's gonna do his job because I don't think there's any pressure on him he's an established vet and I think Trey Turner is gonna play out of his mind and I think Trey Turner is going to be the shortstop for the Dodgers come 2022. But that creates chemistry problems. How will Corey Seager respond, as I said before? I also didn't like how the Dodgers didn't bolster their bullpen at the trade deadline. I think that's been a concern for them. Jansen's been shaky. Trina's been pretty solid. He's got phenomenal stuff. Probably the nastiest stuff in the MLB. But he's been str- they've been struggling as a whole. Outside of Trinan. Who is a guy you can lean on in that bullpen? Gratterall is shaky. Vesia is shaky. Mitch White's shaky. Everybody is shaky. There's not a guy, if you ask a Dodger fan, that you say, I'm confident in him when he goes out and on the mound. And I can guarantee that. Dodger fans, you're lying to yourself if you say that. But I really wish they added a Richard Rodriguez or they added a Daniel Hudson. An impact reliever. It doesn't have to be a top guy like Kimbrell. But just somebody that you can rely on in clutch moments. Because I don't think they have that right now. Moving on to San Diego, I I kind of liked what they did. I think getting Adam Frazier made me kind of skeptical of where they're going. Because they have so many great position players, it's almost like Frazier doesn't fit in. Now, with what they did with Frazier acquiring him, you either have to bench Hosmer. Or you have to bench Pham or bench Myers. And I know Hosmer's been struggling, so he's going to be seeing the bench a lot. But they almost have too many position players and not enough solid pitchers. Too many position players. They should have gone up. It would have been much better if they got a reliable starting pitcher than Adam Frazier. They didn't have to give up an extreme amount of prospects. They built up this farm system for five years to do what they're doing now. But I really would have liked if they... I mean, they had Scherzer in, they had Scherzer in their hands. So I can't fault them too much because they had Scherzer and that would have solved most of their problems. But then that deal fell through. 
because of medicals for the minor leaguers and all that type of stuff. But it bothers me when teams get players they don't necessarily need. Now, the Yankees, for example, getting Joey Gallo was not smart. Once again, just another outfielder who strikes out. And you can say the Yankees are contending, but they're going to be lucky to make the wild card. It's just kind of a wake up. If you're a Yankee fan, they will be lucky to make the wild card because of their poor pitching, because of their shaky bullpen. Chapman's not always reliable. That's a problem. It really is. But all these teams who need pitching somehow find a way to like convince themselves, I, I need Anthony Rizzo. I need Joey Gallo. And I think Rizzo was a great acquisition for the Yankees. But there's pitching problems. There's really pitching problems. And it, it bought, Garrett Cole's been shaky ever since the substance crackdown. He hasn't even been your ace necessarily. So I really wish these teams would have got pitching. Now, my team, the San Francisco Giants, they went and got Chris Bryant. Really like that move. I think I also think the Giants could have added another reliever. I think a lot of these teams are hesitant for some reason to add pitching when that's the that's the bulk. That's what wins you championships. Defense and bullpen wins you championships. The offense is going to come around for great teams. It will. Almost 100% of the time, the offense will come around for great teams. I can guarantee that. But it's an issue when you just keep adding bats for no reason, no apparent reason. It's like the glamour effect. You just want all eyes on you. Oh, I got Gallo. I got Rizzo. I got Adam Frazier. When you don't even need them, you really don't. So I really, I I was a little shaky with all those moves. I didn't feel right about them. I didn't feel right about Javi Baez to, to the Mets. I really think they should have gone all in on Chris Bryant because Javi Baez is a strikeout machine. He doesn't walk a lot. And teams have started to figure him out. I'm not trying to hate, but Javier Baez is one of the most overrated players in this league. He is. And I know they want the tandem with Lindor and Baez that we saw with Puerto Rico. But it's an issue. It's an issue. It's It always has been with Javi. And I just really hope the Mets, I know DeGrom's on the show for a while. I really hope they figure something out. I'm going to move on quickly to the NBA. I'll come back to the MLB later, maybe with some scores, some predictions. But I think most of my predictions are going to stay. Giants, White Sox, World Series stays for me. I really like what, uh, I really like the way Tampa's playing. Just that type of stuff. But I'm going to go to the NBA, and I want to start with the draft. I didn't cover that in my when I was talking about the topics at the beginning, but I'm going to talk about the draft because that happened this week. Katie Cunningham, the consensus number one pick. No doubt. And the Pistons got him. I think it's a great move by the Pistons. They're, they secured a generational talent. But as I move down the list and the players that were chosen, some... Have have red flag. I some have red flags for me. Some don't sit right. So at number two we had Jalen Green to the Rockets. I really like this move. I think they could have gone with Mobley. I think getting another big alongside Christian Wood would have fit very very well. But they got Jalen Green. Great score. So athletic. Freaky bounce. And he he could score at all three levels. He's gonna be twenty points a game type of guy. Could be an All Star. Easy. But you have KPJ there, and then they got Josh Christopher in the late rounds. 
So I like that. I loved the Rockets draft, actually. If I think about it, I really love the draft. I love the Hornets draft. James Book and I, super athletic, also can score on all three levels. I'm really shocked he didn't go higher. I would have liked the Thunder to get him at six. They chose the playmaker from Australia, Josh Giddy. That's a good pick as well. I just don't think Giddy's going to be as good as Buknight. And I think it helps that Buknight's in a great, in a b- better position now. He's playing alongside LaMelo. Also, the Hornets in the later rounds got Kai Jones, who is a great big man. He's going to be a lob threat for them. Exactly what they need. So the Hornets and Rockets were my two winners. I really like what the Warriors did. Non-biased opinion. Kamiga was is, I know... Kaminga cannot shoot, but he is a freak of nature. He is a specimen as a man. That dude's 6'9", can jump out of the gym. He does it all, except score right now. But I think the Warriors have the proper player development They've to make him a good role player, maybe even an all-star. All these guys have a pop a possible chance to be an all-star. I personally think that this could be one of the best draft classes we've ever seen. Top to bottom, it's just loaded. It's loaded. At number three, the Cavs went with Evan. I know I'm jumping around, but I'm I'm trying to talk about the teams that I'm referencing. So at number three, the Cavs went with... Can't talk right now. The Cavs went with Evan Mobley. Now, Evan Mobley is a defensive juggernaut of a player he really is just phenomenal on the defensive end, and I think he's going to be a good lob threat, a lot like Kai Jones. He's more lanky than Kai Jones, and I think he can do a lot more. But I think Evan Mobley, if you don't have Cade in this draft, he could be going number one. He's that good. So I really, I thought that was a good pick from the Cavs. I know they have a ton of bigs, so that kind of scared me a little bit. But I think it was a good pick. Now, number four is where the red flags start to be raised pretty, pretty high. Scotty Barnes to the Raptors. Now I'm talking. I was talking to my good friend Luke, big Raptor fan, and he he thinks Scotty Barnes can develop, and I, I agree with him. He can develop. He he's kind of like Kaminga. It's kind of like really really high ceiling and like really really low ceiling at the same time. It's either like boom or bust type of player. Scotty Barnes is either going to be a boom, a three time All Star, maybe even an MVP, phenomenal defensive player. Reminds me a lot of Ben Simmons, but the thing with Scotty Barnes is he has a work ethic. And I hate to hate, as I always will say, I hate to hate on players, but Ben Simmons spends more time on Call of Duty in the offseason than he does working on his jump shot. Scotty Barnes has that work ethic. You can see it at Florida. You can see it at Florida State. The dude works hard, hard on defense, hard on offense, gets his buckets. So I think that'll work. I think you let Siakam walk. I really do. I like Boucher at the five. I think Boucher is your five for years to come. I think you could put Scotty at the three or four. But I really would have liked if they got Suggs. Because I think Suggs and Van Vliet in that backcourt with Lowry obviously leaving this offseason. That would have been perfect. It really would have been perfect. Match made in heaven type of thing. But they went with Barnes. Who's not the safe pick. But Masai Ujiri has done this before. So I'm not going to question him. He does it a lot. But I think Suggs would have been the better pick for at least the Raptors. Every time I do a mock draft, as you saw on my Instagram page, if you haven't followed the A-Game podcast on Instagram, but I did a mock draft and what I did, I didn't necessarily do who I think they were going to pick, but I did 
who fits on each team. And I think GMs in every sport overcompensate and they overthink situations when it's basically pick the best available, but also the best fit for your team. They don't do that all the time. GMs in the NBA try to take long shots or they overthink situations and it really bothers me. They do it in all sports, NFL, NBA, MLB. And that's why you see more bus. You would not see bus in sports if they just picked this is going to be a great fit. I really don't think you'd see them that much. You'd see them occasionally, but GMs have to simplify. They really do need to simplify as far as the draft goes. Now for other stuff, you can take long shots. For free agents, you can take long shots. For established stars, you can take long shots. But when it comes to rookies, when it comes to the draft, be safer. The Magic snagged Suggs at five, but I really don't like that pick either. You have Marco Folds and Cole Anthony who have been developing. That could be a backcourt, but now you bring in Suggs. So where does that put Anthony? Where does that put Fultz? Now it's a battle. It's kind of like the same battle you have in Houston. It's going to be Josh Christopher, John Wall, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green. They're all scorers. Now, I think KPJ can move down to the three because he has length, but it's pick who you need. I just pray GMs, listen to me. Pick who you need. The Rockets should have picked a big. I know Jalen Green's a generational talent, but then trade down, get a couple more picks. Jalen Green is going to flourish in Houston, but it also puts Kevin Porter Jr. out of a job, potentially. It puts Josh Christopher out of a job, potentially. John Wall out of a job, potentially. I just don't like... And if if the idea of the Rockets GM, I don't even know who it is anymore. It used to be Daryl Morey, but if his idea is let's develop these young point guards, then you got to trade John Wall. You really do. So that's where I stand with that. I like the rest of the top 10 picks. There were a couple shockers. Zaire Williams out of Stanford went 10. I think the Pelicans picked him, but he ends up on the Grizzlies with the Jonas Valanciunas trade. But, yeah, I just really wish that GMs didn't overcompensate. And that would that was my topic there for the draft. Now, as far as NBA free agency goes, Kawhi today declined his player option. He declined it. And, yes, he very well could be back in, in LA and could be a Clipper. But he very well could, could walk. He, could, he very well could be a Golden State Warrior pretty soon. You don't know. Now... Obviously, as a Warriors fan, I, I'm dreaming a little bit, but it's kind of crazy what goes into that type of thinking. Yes, you could call me biased. Yeah, whatever. But the fact that players have this freedom now with the player options is insane. I've talked to my grandpas and, you know, when they were kids, it was a player gets drafted by a team and he stays there for his career. There wasn't any player power like there is now where people can honestly choose where they want to play. So it's up to Kawhi. I think Kawhi would be a great fit in Dallas, but it sounds like Mark Cuban and everyone else with Dallas is kind of off the table for Kawhi. They kind of don't care too much. I think they need to trade Porzingis. I think Kristaps has a potential to, you know, get back to where he was, but it was just really off season to put it, to put it lightly. Um, so it's interesting. I'm interested to see what Kawhi does. Uh, for the Wizards, they just traded Russell Westbrook. They traded Russell Westbrook to the Lakers for a haul. Kuzma, Montrez Harrell. I think Kentavious Caldwell Pope was in that deal, maybe with a pick. I don't 
like the Lakers floor spacing right now. I know they're going to get Buddy healed. They're probably going to get some more shooters, even if it's not Buddy. But their spacing right now, say the team stayed the same, or say they barely added anyone else. It's horrendous. Teams could play a 2-3 zone and just absolutely obliterate. They could play a box and a one for all we know. And, like, they, the Lakers will just not win. Because Westbrook is barely a 30% three-point shooter. Same with LeBron. Same with AD. AD is the best three-point shooter out of those three. And that's a problem. He's 6'11". He should not be. So they need to go get a shooter. Because I do not think this Westbrook thing works too well. I think he costs a lot. You could have got Kyle Lowry or CP3. They would have been a much better facilitator. But you have two guys on the team now who compete for triple doubles every night. LeBron and Westbrook. And I just don't see that working. It's not the typical big three where you have two dudes who are unselfish and then like one star. They're all stars, but two dudes who are more unselfish. It's kind of Westbrook and LeBron are pretty selfish and AD is just going to be in the wings. It, it wouldn't shock me if Anthony Davis has one of his worst years of his career now. Because he's not going to get the rock too much. I'm not going to be able to touch it. So, you know, I don't like Aiden. But I just don't like their spacing right now. I think they could have done a lot better with that acquisition. I think they could have got Kyle Lowry. It wouldn't have cost them as much. I think they should have kept Montrez Harrell. You can let Kuzma and KCP walk. But Montrez Harrell is still a, is still a great player in this league. Just because of one bad season. That doesn't change. So, moving on. I'm going to highlight a little bit on the NFL, just just briefly. Not much going on. Training camp is starting up, though. And Aaron Rodgers reported to camp. So he's going to be the guy this year for the Packers. After all the speculation, he's given it one last dance, my last dance. And I talked about on my previous podcast about how, you know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers posted on their Instagrams a picture of Pippen and Jordan. But it also bothers me because they don't have any championships together right i mean it's not the last dance you're not coming off a three-peat you're not coming (laughs) no it's not the last dance yeah it's the last time you're going to try to get over the nfc championship hump but it's not the last dance that's disrespecting jordan and pippen jordan the greatest basketball player of all time pippen one of the greatest defenders of all time and i know it's a completely different sport but the situation is not even relatively similar so that kind of I don't know why, but I didn't like that too much. So I wish Aaron and the and all the Packers the best, but they didn't make any major moves that makes me think they're all of a sudden going to win a championship. I still think the two favorites in the NFC this year are the Niners and the Buccaneers. I think that's going to come down to the NFC championship. We'll see what happens, but I just don't see any other team really competing too heavily with those guys if they stay healthy. So that's what I got in the NFL. Some other news. We had some Olympics. USA is absolutely dominating swimming, which is awesome. Um, and we're, we're doing really well. I don't think, you know, I'll be honest. I haven't kept up on as much Olympics as I wish I have. But it's been great for whatever I've watched. Uh, girls volleyball, they put up a good fight. They lost to Russia the other day. Um, that was intriguing. We lost our best player. She rolled her ankle, but... Yeah, I just love the Olympics. I love all these people fighting for their country. Um, it's crazy. It really is crazy. If you, you see guys in the NBA, like Evan Fournier, Nicholas Batum, they're a lot different players in the NBA than when they play for their country. They flip a switch. They flip something. 
It's like, now I'm playing for my country. I'm going to show out. And Fournier dropped 27, I believe, on the on the on USA in group play, and we lost. But that was a wake-up call. That was a wake-up call for Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum of Team USA, and we've dominated since then. We beat Iraq by about 50, 54, and we've been beating teams pretty easily every single time. Out, at least. So uh, just excited for what the future holds with this Team USA. Really hope we get a gold. I, there's no reason why we shouldn't, but... USA does play the number two team in the world. That is Spain. It's going to be really, really interesting. Don't know when that start time is, but we will keep you posted. As for everything else, the A-Game podcast is probably going to conclude right now. Man, it was fun talking to all of y'all. We'll talk to you later. Continue to support. Continue to follow the gram. Peace.